If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Today's episode of The Instance is brought to you by Doghouse Systems at DoghouseSystems.com, where you can use the code FROGPANTS at checkout and receive a 240-gigabyte SSD drive to your system. That's FROGPANTS at checkout and get that free 240-gigabyte drive now. DoghouseSystems.com. Hey guys, before we get rolling here, I just wanted to uh, throw in real quick and let you guys know the following program is a little bit different. Um, kind of like, you know, last week was a lore show with, with Terpster. This week is a conversation about game design, Blizzard's future, and the world of competitive play, which seems to be where they're putting all of their, all of the Blizzard eggs seem to be in the competitive play basket, ranging from Overwatch to Heroes to Hearthstone and even, you know, World of Warcraft PvP. And we want to discuss that at length. And so we did. It's me and it's Patrick talking about those things. If you're looking for the latest patch notes for 7.3 or whatever, this will not be the episode for that. Uh, We'll be back with a normal roundtable sort of panel next week. But for this week, enjoy this. We had a really good time talking. Um, Always fun to talk about the more, I don't know, thought-provoking questions surrounding Blizzard and its games. And we do that right here. So tuck in. Enjoy. Thanks. And welcome back to The Instance. This is a very special episode of The Instance with me, Scott Johnson, and him, Patrick Beja. Hello, Patrick. Hey, is that a feast of... No, not feast of Wintervale. Winter Wonderland from Overwatch in my honor? Incorrect. It is the Overwatch Tracer Heroes of the Storm combined theme. So you got oh. a little bit of... Th- you got a little heroes in there. You got a little Overwatch in there. Listen to that thing. Listen to this. See, this part's more heroes. It's nice, actually, I see, I see. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell, but it's awesome. I love it. Those guys, oh, the, right. those guys on the heroes team, well, it's it's Neil Akery and those guys that do music for lots of the games, but man, those guys are just freaking killing it with the music on, on heroes when they try to do these these combined themes of, you know, Diablo and heroes and heroes in StarCraft and... They just are nailing it's fit, it. Right? It's fitting, though, because we're going to be talking about Heroes and Overwatch today. Yep. yep. Um, but before that, I do need to let you know that I had a very weird experience today. Oh, I cannot wait to hear this because <laughs> so, I, what what French people think is weird and what I think is weird often is very different. So let's hear it. What do you got? So I wonder if you're going to think this is weird, but I definitely did. Um, so first of all, apologies to the audience. I'm a little bit sick. I have a weird flu thing, um, <laughs> so if I'm less energetic than usual, that might be why. Mm. And in Finland, apparently, when you have when you start getting congested, you don't take medicine, you don't use any of that evil pharmaceutical uh, things. Mm-hmm. You take like, do you know that thing? Like, it's a, a, a sort of pipe that you fill with water <laughs> and salt, 
and you, it, it's got a little uh, nozzle thing that you put in one of your nostrils. Oh, yeah. You twist it, and water with the salt goes through your nose and your all of your cavities. It comes out the other side. It, it's weird. And my so, wife was like, oh, yeah, you can do that. It will clean your nose, and you'll be fine. And I was like... I don't know. I'm going to try. And I wasn't fine for like the time I was doing it. No. It was kind of better afterwards. It's but like, do you know that? yeah, it's like waterboarding yourself. So, so here's, here's how, here, <laughs> <laughs> here's how those work. So over here we have, we have one called the, oh, what's it called? Oh shoot. The name just left my brain. It's, uh, the, the nose boarding. No, device? it's like, it's got a name. It's, it's, a, oh, neti pot. They call it here. The neti pot, and I don't know what that's okay. based on or originated or whatever, but it, it looks more like a little um like a little Aladdin's lamp looking thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's blue plastic. Yeah, it's the same here. So, but here, so okay. the big caution over here is you're supposed to make sure you use distilled water and oh. never tap water because I guess it's possible that you get like an amoeba or something up in there and get like a brain uh, infection and die. So, so oh. you have to be careful. But other than that. And I'm, I'm. We'll just assume uh, Patrick. Used, maybe, you know. maybe it's your your like weird, polluted American water. We have clean water here in Europe, so I think I'll be fine. That's what I I'll keep telling myself. If I start, you know, replacing some words with others for no reason, just l l pretend like I didn't do it. I don't want to know. I've I just want to go quietly. I okay? always I always assumed all European water was recycled poo water. But I, am I wrong about that? I guess not. Is it you have fresh water still there? Or is oh, it all used up? Yes, no? okay. we do have fresh water. All right. <laughs> don't you you drink Evian, don't you? Yeah, we have Evian I mean, in the U.S. Yeah, there you go. You act, the our water, Scott, <laughs> is so good that we actually put it in in little plastic containers and ship it all the way across the giant body of water that is the Atlantic and mm. bring it to you guys so you can drink it. That's how good it is. I'm in, okay? I was always under it the impression. No I was under the impression that Avian and any other brand of bottled water was really just a tap in like New Jersey or Idaho or something. <laughs> and they are just filling them up and saying what's in there. And it's not really anything special. I can, oh. I, I, I'm very you know skeptical, very cynical about the water. Of the These world. days who can tell if anything is real, right? It <laughs> might be completely fake water that yeah. we were convinced was actually from the alps and really it was just it was just uh french poo recycled water. poo water yeah recycled <laughs> french know. poo water um all right well uh yeah we're gonna do a little bit of a focus today it's just patrick and i um and like you know last week uh, uh terpster and i did a third episode of the uh of the lore focus shows which we really enjoy doing and we're kind of in that um in between time not in, not necessarily in between but we're sort of late in the expansion uh, by you know by standards of like how much we'll be playing and that sort of thing in World of Warcraft and what happens usually then is we end up drifting toward other Blizzard games uh, you know playing a little bit of competitive here a little bit of Diablo there or whatever and I thought it would be fun and you had brought this up earlier which kind of inspired it but uh, you know talk about the state of the competitive scene for Blizzard right now and what it actually means um, philosophically for the company moving forward how is it going now? Um, I, you know, I have questions about that focus and whether or not that um, will determine whether we ever get another sort of adventure-focused piece of content from Blizzard. Is it always going to be multiplayer, competitive, online games, or will they, 
venture back into more story-driven stuff. And I, I mean sort of outside of the, of the WoW sphere, because obviously those expansions have plenty of story content. But by its very nature, an MMO is all about, you know, massive amounts of players, uh, hopefully doing things together, although you can solo much, uh, much of what is there. Is Blizzard ever going to make Diablo 2 style games again, for lack of a better example, where it is, you know, a purely a purely story-driven, adventure-driven sort of thing that does not require you and four other people to do something. And I would argue even Diablo 3, despite, you know, it being a tr- you know, pretty traditional Diablo game in many respects, has evolved into a thing with their seasons content that requires you to get four people together and go out and blast through it and earn all the stuff. And you, if you do it alone, you're taking forever to do it. And there's no real story to adventure mode. You're just sort of going at it. Um, so I don't know. I think those are all kind of interesting points. But before we get to that, the current, your current current playtime is 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 split where? Like, where are you spending most of your time in the Blizzard Pantheon um, of games? So I guess uh, for a number of reasons, for the last month or so, uh, I've had you know different personal issues and stuff, and I haven't really felt like diving back into wow even with the recent patch uh, as you said it's kind of this middle expansion time and i don't know it always feels like when i'm tr- i i look at wow uh, it's going to be a bigger time commitment for that day mm. than another game and even if i do end up spending i don't know a couple of hours in uh, overwatch or heroes in those two hours, I would have been able to achieve a whole lot in Warcraft. But for some reason, I'm like, ah, I'd rather do something a little bit that requires a little bit less commitment. Mm. Um, and I mean, it comes and it goes. And certainly I'm going to come back to WoW at some point, I'm sure. But uh, for now, as you were saying, I'm more into Overwatch for sure. Those who have been following Overwatchers know that I'm deep into the competitive aspect of it. Uh, to the point that I might even have uh spoiled myself mm. <laughs> like I, I i i i'm not well we, we can get to that but yeah i'm playing overwatch a lot heroes a little bit and uh not not really diablo or hearthstone so um it's the competitive aspect has taken a hold of me for the first time in ever i think i've never really played competitive games at all mm-hmm. and um Maybe uh, Hearthstone a little bit a while ago. Has it um, has it soured you at all on on single player focused games? Like have, has this is this made you go? Oh well, I could be playing I don't know Titanfall 2's enormous campaign with its awesome story, but why would I do that when I could be unlocking boxes and ranking up in competitive <laughs> mode in Overwatch? Do you get that way now? You know, it's very weird from a gamer's point of view that if you're playing a single player game it feels like you're you know it's a limited time maybe 10 20 hours you finish it and you've accomplished something you can say i have played this game Mm -hmm. and it's done right I've, i've completed that experience but when you play a competitive game, you can play a hundred a thousand games and you haven't like completed it but still I sometimes feel like I want to play that single that that uh, competitive game more than a single player game, and I'm not sure why because I'm not accomplishing anything. Mm. Um, and to an extent, yes, I think in it comes and goes. Probably, you know, sometimes I only want to play on my PC. Sometimes I only want to play on my console. Sometimes I want to play single player games. But at the moment, 
I there is this kind of drive uh, to play the competitive aspects of things. And when I look at my different options, when I have a little bit of downtime and I can play uh, a little bit of video games um, or a lot, um, I'm always drawn to that Overwatch button or that Heroes button, you know? And I have a giant list of games on, on Steam that I haven't completed, but I don't know why. Yes, I think it has soured me a little bit. It might come back. I think it will. Um, and, and to be honest, I've played so much of it that it might come back soon because I think I've soured myself on competitiveness now. And it, it does something weird to your psyche um, where, if I'm being honest... In the past few days, I haven't really even been enjoying things anymore. Mm. It's almost like in WoW, you know, sometimes you you play WoW a lot, and after a few days, few weeks, few months, you log in, and you get that feeling. I'm sure every listener knows what I'm talking about. You get that feeling of, why am I even logging in? Mm. I'm not really, I don't know what I'm going to do in the game. I'm not really enjoying it all that much. And for for Overwatch specifically, I felt uh, I have fought so hard in the competitive aspect that I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm not really enjoying it anymore. The 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 games I win are like, well, that's normal, and the games I lose make me sad. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think it might be time to take a, a break from that. But and I played Heroes, and I have things to say about that as well. But yeah, I'm in that weird weird space, and I wonder if listeners also have been there um for those competitive games as well have you yeah i have um so this is interesting i want to get back to this whole yeah single play yeah yeah let's finish that first uh will blizzard ever do single player games again yeah uh or or let me ask you this let me ask you this will we ever get a game out of them that was like starcraft ghost was meant to be which was this very single player focused game that was you know an entire crafted curated experience around the player and didn't have anything to do with with more people, either co-op or competitive. Will they even ever make a game without co-op or competitive elements, let alone a purely single-player focused game? You know, I think there are two different things here. Um, Blizzard employees do the games they want to do. They create the games, you know, as we often say, and as they as they often say. Um, they, they when they finish a game, they get together and discuss what game do we want to do next. You know, that's what the teams do, team one, team two. At least that's what it, how it's been for many, many years. Yeah. Um, and if they want to make a single-player game, I think they will. However, there is a very strong uh, trend towards making games that are engaging in the long run. Mm-hmm. As I've said, if you make a single-player game, you have, uh, you know, 20 hours of it, and that's it. And the engagement that the company gets from players with these games that have a long uh, tail mm-hmm. is invaluable because people stay in the game. You can monetize them a little bit more afterwards, either with an expansion or, uh, you know, character packs or card packs or loot boxes, whatever it is. Um and that is extremely important as well from a bottom line perspective. So I, I think that long tail engagement is always going to be a factor mm. in in the way they they envision their games. It's kind of hard to tell whether or not they will never make a solo 
game only, but it certainly doesn't look like that's what they're looking at at the moment. Okay, but if you swing, so okay, let's. I, I actually agree with that. I don't think we're ever going to see that again from Blizzard. I don't think there's ever a game they'll make that doesn't either have a significant uh, multiplayer component or isn't entirely you know based on that like even in overwatch's case my prediction for that game is is actually a pretty simple one they keep supporting it for what it is it continues to be important as a esport and as a competitive game and the multiplayer aspect is the most important part but i do think that at some point we're going to get content out of that thing that resembles more of a traditional uh, sort of campaign elements and that may be just small packs it may be uh you know a campaign pack per uh, per quarter and we pay 15 bucks for those campaign packs or something uh, or it just comes with the game I don't you know as a, as a free download or it's more you know like the Halloween event type content but one way or the other we're going to get more things that swing it that direction but it will always be a multiplayer focused game uh, I don't think they ever make another game that doesn't at least have some multiplayer component to it and those days I think are gone for them and I and I Part of me is like, well, yeah, of course, this is the way of things. This is how stuff's going. Um, this is where things are headed. And also, they have a lot of proficiency in this. They're obviously good at this. And, uh, you know, it's one of Blizzard's strengths. It has always been one of their strengths. But now they're really leaning into it. And I that's mean, what the future is. So, I, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't blame them if we never got another single player game again. But I'm kind of sad about it. But to be honest, when have they made a single player only game? Almost ever. I mean, even if you look at Diablo, it had a very strong, you know, Battle.net was revolutionary in its time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Diablo was, I think, the first game to take advantage of it. Maybe even uh, Warcraft 2. I, I remember, I can't remember if it was one or two, but I played my first connected game via direct modem connection. Uh, it was Warcraft or mm -hmm. Warcraft 2, one of the two. So unless you go back to Blackthorn and the Lost Vikings and things like that, they haven't really had any game that was single player only focused. You know, Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, uh, what else is there? And then you get to World of Warcraft and all of those. They're all, they all have a strong multiplayer uh, component. So arguably, unless you count uh starcraft ghost which we don't even know if it had a, a multiplayer <laughs> element to it that's true are there any solo only <laughs> games that blizzard has ever done all right that's a really good question i would argue that the that's true um outside of like blackthorn like we'll not go that far back you know like yeah, I, I think if you count, you know, the life and death of Superman, it's it, you're you went too far. <laughs> You've gone too far. Back away from the history. Yeah, it's we'll go. Relevant. We'll go. Orcs v humans moving forward. Um, yeah, I would. I would say you're right. Every every one of their games has been primarily multiplayer focused, or at least had multiplayer elements. And the only ones I can think of that weren't are ones that were canceled. Um, Starcraft, uh, or excuse me, Warcraft Adventures, which was that yeah, whole Starcraft point and clip. Yeah. Uh, that which never made it. Uh, that was a single player experience, and Ghost, by all accounts, was they didn't talk about anything multiplayer, and maybe that's why. Like maybe in the end, everything that gets canceled outside of Titan <laughs> has has a single player focus, and they just never make quite make it in that space. I, you know, at some some point, Morheim or I don't know, I can see Pierce doing that a little bit more. Pierce shows up, 
And he's like, so what's the game you've been you've been doing? And they're like, well, you you play a ghost in the StarCraft universe. And he's like, do you have multiplayer in that? And they said, well, <laughs> no. Scrap it. Scrap it. I don't like it. Throw it That's away. It. Throw it away. Exactly. Throw it away. And they and they don't. It's not like they don't. He give, doesn't speak like that. I don't know why I said. But it's, I said. you make it. Yeah, he's 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 a real uh, he's a real butthole. It turns out. <laughs> Actually, I'm sure he's very nice, like everyone else. But uh, but the idea that they will. You know, maybe I have I just have it in my head that they've got a proficiency toward toward that kind of curated content because they've taken multiplayer games like an MMO. I mean, just remember before World of Warcraft, there was plenty of MMOs and what they all shared was a crappy story and characters you didn't care about or no characters at all. You were the only character worried about it and, and just massive amounts of respawning enemies that you would grind through to, to level up. And this I, I think you might get some angry emails about that characterization of EverQuest or Ultima Online. Sure, but they had their sure. moments, but nobody. Epic but goal. but could you argue, like the 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 thrall uh, storyline, just that alone, or just the the leadership of of the alliance and the horde, and all the intricate relationships and all the character types that have come out of this game and Warcraft Three before it, they're it's pretty unique to the genre how important that is to the overall thing. They go out of their way to make sure that there is a thread, even in their weaker expansions, there's a big fat story thread that you get to follow. And I would argue that even in Overwatch, um, you have the same kind of thing. Like it's a it's a freaking multiplayer shooter where, you know, Junkrat versus Junkrat on maps and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but but they still have no, this of semblance of a story. Like you still watch it and go, man, I'm really interested in what's going on with Tracer and what, her relationship. With what so you're saying so. is they, the the story aspect is super important to them. And yes, of course it is. But just like everything else in the game, they they craft everything super carefully. Mm. And you know, yes, there there was a story in EverQuest, and there was a story in Asher and Skull. What you're saying is those stories weren't <laughs> as engaging. I was going to say what you're saying is those stories sucked. Uh, but what you're saying is those stories weren't as engaging. And maybe it's true. Uh, I think what Blizzard does really well is that they make super good popcorn type everything. Yeah. Gameplay is accessible and fun and deep, and it's like easy to get into story is you know you have big characters that are not always super subtle and uh they're easy to understand and and the story is well conveyed and but i think the the story aspect is important to them in the sense that it's wrapping it's uh it's around the gameplay of the game mm -hmm. um I don't think they will ever do something without story, but it doesn't mean that, well, clearly, as we've seen with Overwatch, uh, it doesn't mean that they they don't want, they're going to suddenly make something only with story. It would be, I mean, who knows? As I said, the developers might decide, you know what, let's get together and create Mist for the modern age. Mm. I hope they don't, but... Um, <laughs> I don't know. But, I'd play Mist for the modern age, wouldn't you? I guess there is one. The the guys that made Mist made a game last year called uh oh, Frick. I forgot the name of it. Yeah. It's supposed to be really good. It's supposed to be Mist for the modern age. Um but mm -hmm. no, I I mean, I, you know, people have always said, "Hey, you know what I'd take? I'd take a a Skyrim style Warcraft take from Blizzard." Yeah. That would be amazing. Like uh, some sort of next and generation engine and and some beautiful fleshed out world that's all about you and and nobody else. I mean, that sounds kind of amazing, but I don't know that they'll ever do it because that's not a game that keeps selling content down the road. 
you know, maybe there's a way of doing it and include content. Uh, who's to say you can't do expansions for this and uh, character packs or sell, I don't know, stickers or uh, cosmetic stuff. But I, I wonder if they would resist the urge once they have, you know, they're thinking about the a world like Skyrim to have some form of other, you know, uh, uh, interaction with other people. Mm -hmm. um, well, by the I way, know, I think. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just you no, reminded I me of something possible, I, but... I don't want to forget. So let me tell you this real quick. Breaking news. I forgot to put this. In, I was going to put this in the notes and I totally spaced it. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say this is a win for Scott and his predictability, but maybe oh it God. is. Uh, I don't know if you heard the breaking news that Blizzard made a massive hire this week. A former executive at Mattel Corporation and Disney Infinity. Hmm. Guys over there now working at Blizzard. Gee, I wonder if something like Blizzmebos are really on the way finally. Hmm. I don't know. Why would you hire a toy executive? Hmm. Just saying. Uh, maybe because he has an expertise in retail and uh, <laughs> distribution channels and things like that. All do right. You think, do you think, Scott, he was the guy uh, putting together the uh, Disney Infinity figurines? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. I mean, I he was know. there. Maybe, he was there I mean, helping. I mean, he had some hand in it. But but I, I I realize I'm stretching a bit. But also, but it just seems like a kind of a big deal to hire a guy who is whose entire career has been focused on toys and some crossover with electronics and you know that kind of stuff. Well, maybe they're looking to beef up their um, their merch store or distributing those in um, in actual stores, you maybe. know, instead of just online could, or maybe, I mean, be. there are a million possibilities. One of them, mm. however remote, is that they will create NFC-enabled figurines that will interact with your games somehow. That's yes, right, it that's is right. a possibility. <laughs> I just wanted to put it out if there. If that ever happens, Scott, if that ever happens, I think we will never hear the end of it. It will be, you know, <laughs> you, me, Dills, and Terpster in the retirement hope in 2070, mm -hmm. and you will be like every morning with our uh, nutritious paste that we have to have for breakfast because we have no teeth anymore you'll be like hey remember when i predicted blizz Bebos and they happened remember that and we'll be, we'll be like yes scott we remember we could not forget you talk about it every single day i hope we're all cogent that's enough to remember it that's what i'm hoping i'm hoping everybody has yeah. got their that facilities their faculties still in place to remember things like that but you know how we'll remember it how we'll remember it because we will all have blizz Bebos everywhere around us <laughs> that you will have placed there well so for we the for the record i am also not the only person to have made or not the only person to have read this and then you know jump to some conclusions almost every article that talks about this on business sites and otherwise have all suggested the idea that maybe blizzard is is going to get in bed with the toys brought to life genre as it's called or toys to life whatever it's called Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's you know it isn't just Scott here, but let's just say it happens. If it does, yes, I will rub salt in that wound until there's no <laughs> wound left. Uh, anyway, so where were we? So the point uh, the point of all of this is is this is this ultimately? I mean, are we okay with this? Like, there's no shortage of big single player AAA quality titles being developed by many many developers, and even in those cases, some of them are venturing into more you know multiplayer aspects of things and. 
some have tried and gotten out of it. You know, Assassin's Creed had really interesting multiplayer with with uh, Brotherhood moving forward, and then they pulled it out and stopped doing it after the Black Flag expansion. Unity, or, was it? I think it was Black Unity Flag. has some had some multiplayer. I don't oh, know how it? much. Okay, uh, yeah. compared to the others, it may have. Yeah, the newer one, uh, the one I'd like a lot, uh, the latest one. I can't think of its name now. Uh, oh, uh, Victory was the code name. Uh, uh, Syndicate, I think, is the new one. Or the there or you go, last one. Uh, that had none of that, but. My point is, like, there's no shortage of games where I can just immerse myself and not have to worry about some chucklehead on my team or some other team being a butthole in the middle of the fight. That brings us back around to why you're so salty right now in <laughs> in your favorite game. Like, you're playing Overwatch like a madman. You're very competitive with it now, and you're saying that you may have spoiled yourself. I'm very curious about what you mean. So let's dive into that and talk about what mm-hmm. that is because... I think I have some parallels to talk about with Heroes and even a little Overwatch, and I'm and I'm just curious about where you're at with it. So the thing is, I there are a couple of aspects to it. Um, I really feel like I've been playing so much, I should be able to to be placed higher than I am. Mm. Um, this season, where the placement was a little bit wonky, I ended up placing in uh, silver. Mm-hmm. And it was a real blow because, you know, as well, as everyone knows, I hope, uh, because I've been talking about it enough, I, I played Overwatch a lot over the past year since the beta. And I felt like I wasn't, you know, it's not like, oh, I should be placed higher. It, it was more like if I play so much and I'm not managing to be better than a silver level, um, what does that say about me as a person? Like, I can't, I can't achieve anything. Because even when I apply myself to it, I'm not being even in the middle of the pack. Right. So that was kind of a, 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 a difficult thing. And so, and but then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to see what's wrong. I'm going to work through it. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get good. And I'm going to improve. And I did improve. Um, it was, there was some back and forth, but I, I learned everything I could about all of this and applied myself and played a lot of games and ended up getting 500 SR points. Uh, and I'm now in middle mid gold and I think I could keep climbing. Um, but in the process, I've sort of been obsessing about that, uh, ranking so much that I, I have, forgotten the joy of just playing the game Mm. and and having fun everything i do when i'm in game now is looking at how to improve my placement or how you know i'm i don't have a good enough uh, accuracy when i'm shooting with soldier and i'm missing the target i'm aiming at and and when i win as i was saying when i win it's like ah finally i won one and when i lose I get not just salty, but like, oh crap! Here's another another proof that Patrick is not worth anything, you know. Mm. Um, and you know, maybe there is some some other factors getting into this. My mood is not the best uh, since the beginning of the year, but um, so this is sort of where I am in Overwatch and. I went to Heroes because I've been playing Heroes here and there sort of casually um, for fun. And I figured, you know, I've played a little bit and I haven't placed for like two or three seasons. So I'm just going to 
play the um, competitive matches, play do the 10 placement matches, and we'll see what happens. And I don't care about that game as much as I care about Overwatch, so it will be fine. Whether I win or lose, right. it's going to be fine. Sure. Went in, um, <laughs> played three games which we won handily, yeah. the first three. Yeah. And I was doing my placements with and against uh, people in like bronze to silver mm. uh, uh, placements. Yeah. And then after winning the three, I went to playing with people who were silver to silver three. Mm. And I lost seven matches in a row. Oh, my Lord. Seven. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> That's demoralizing. And so I was placed, I was placed bronze two, which is... High, uh, you know, like mid high bronze yeah. is it it's uh, like not super low right no it's it's you're you're only a level away from getting out of it yeah you're you're good right i mean you're, um, you're good for a bronze yeah for a bronze placement that's not bad that's there's it's worse it's than higher that. than yeah two, one is the highest in bronze right um so and and that also didn't feel great <laughs> um <laughs> because it was like i i i'm not an expert in heroes but i think i've played a little bit and i sort of understand the core principles of it yeah. and i kept getting murdered by the butcher and it was like he was charging me and was like eh, 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 and, yeah. and i was dead He's and for worst. one of the matches i didn't understand how to even ex escape him and yeah. um so that led me to the conclusion that maybe i've played competitive too much <laughs> um one thing made me a little bit happier was it was when you said on twitter that uh, you and john and actually you know a few people are also uh in in bronze silver rankings mm -hmm. I, was, I, I was like oh so that means not everyone who plays a lot is automatically gold platinum and above no it's um, actually one so of the, it's one of my it's one of my complaints about the game uh, not it's not the game's fault but one of my complaints is it's still sort of using uh my mmr and my stuff since i was playing in that alpha and beta and early release and i was i was terrible then i didn't really know what i was doing wasn't you know using heroes to their capabilities or whatever and I and I swear so you're blaming the game. I well, some of that carries over. We don't know how much because they don't disclose, but we know it does because they've said as much that it, that it does. And the question is how much. So so I know that that's affecting my uh, my placements. However, when I play, I play with some platinum players. I play with high silver players, and I you know we win games. I hold my own. I I come out of those things MVP. I get good numbers. Um, you know, I know I'm playing at their level, but I'm not placing in my, in those games at that level. And it drives me crazy. So when I end up high bronze or low silver, I just go, Oh, what the H I'm, I know I play better than this. Now, maybe I don't, maybe I don't. And I just think I do. And maybe in your case, you're just the same thing. You think in Overwatch you should be doing better, but you just aren't because we're not as good as we think we are. But is it the is it on these games to tell us somehow it convey that information that yo you are bad or it doesn't just seem like you're bad, you really are bad, or you're not as bad as you think you are. Your <laughs> MMR is still affecting you from seven months back when you weren't very good. Like. Like some of that well, stuff follows I don't you. Think that, I don't know how much of it follows well, me, but some of it does. The thing is with the MMR thing, it's like Elo Hell. I think if you're really good, you will climb. 
if you play enough games and that I honestly and truly believe it. You might lose some games. There's this, I've been watching way too many videos about all of this. this. There's this uh, theory in League of Legends that you can only really affect 20% of your games. 40% you're going to win because everyone else is better on your team and 40% you're going to lose because everyone else is is better on the other team and you can only really affect 20% of your games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also based on the number of players in the team. I don't know how accurate it is, but the, the I do think that if you're really good and you play enough games, you will climb over over time. So I don't have this this idea for myself that oh I'm really a platinum or or diamond player and I'm placed in gold. I'm placed in gold because the game hates me. Um <laughs> you know? Right. And 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 I do look at the profiles of the people I play with in compet in, in quick play and they're very often platinum and and diamond mm-hmm. so i'm like what the h blizzard mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. if i'm being honest with myself i do think you know when i play the games i know when i'm playing well and when i'm not playing well and when i lose i it's because i deserve to lose most of the time mm. so i don't know i don't think but but to get back to your question should the game be telling us more i think there is a problem with um online games where you always see the best players of everything. Think of it. If you're playing football or soccer and you're playing with your friends on Sundays, you know you're not as good as someone who's in some minor league somewhere Mm -hmm. and you're fine with it, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. When I play Overwatch and I've been playing my first serious FPS competitive game for basically... You know, the game for a year, but competitive for for two months. Of course, I'm not going to be as good as someone who's been playing FPSs for five or or 10 years. That should be, that shouldn't be a, a, a problem for me. And yet it does affect me. So if there's something that they can communicate better, mm-hmm. maybe it's in that area. I don't know what you think, but that, like, ex- yeah. like letting you know that it's fine not to be in, in diamond. Right. This is right where I'm at. This is where my head is. Because on the one hand, you want these things to be the whole point of competitive is you're trying to compete. Right. So so who's better than somebody else? And 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 so they, they can't lose the competitive nature of these games too much. But on the other hand, how you feel in a video game matters. And if you feel like you're bottom of the rung all the time, that doesn't feel good. Even if you are. And, and I guess what I'm saying is from a business standpoint alone. They need more people to feel good about what they're doing. And maybe that's how, that's why quick plays exist. That's why you don't have to, uh, you know, there's nobody forcing me in any of these games to, you know, dive in and do uh, competitive mode in, in Overwatch. There's nothing that says I have to do the latter in uh, in Hero League. I mean, they, they, I just don't. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do it every time Hearthstone resets and there's a new card back available. Like, it's not a thing I have to do. But these are aspects to the game that we want to explore as we get better at them, right? So... so well, you want to know how good you are. Really. I want to know how good I am, and, yeah. And, and the problem is, what we hear, the game is telling you, well, you're silver, or hey, you're gold. And what we're hearing is you're not platinum and you're certainly not diamond, you scrub. And I think it might be partly our fault, you know. I wanted to talk about Hearthstone for a second because 
it is Hearthstone does it pretty well that that conveying of you don't suck. You know, when you finish the season, they tell you, hey, you're in the 15% top players if you went to like level, I don't know, 12. Yeah. It feels like your 12 is not great, but it tells you that's actually a lot better than a lot of the people that are playing. And the 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 problem in Heroes and and Overwatch, I think, is that when you're silver, for example, you're probably in the bottom 80%, I guess, or 70%, something like that, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, the game isn't going to tell you, hey, you're in the bottom, you're, you're like seventh out of 10 <laughs> in the class. Good job. And you're like, no, that doesn't feel right. But the, the difference is Hearthstone, almost everyone, and I would guess everyone plays the quote unquote competitive mm -hmm. because that's the default mode. You're always playing the, the unless you're training or, you know, you, you have a, a specific fear of playing that mode, you're probably going to be playing it. Mm -hmm. um, in Heroes and Overwatch, you're playing competitive out of probably, you know, 20% or I don't know the number, but I'm guessing that only the top 20% or the most uh, uh, engaged 20% of the players are playing competitive. Right. Most people are probably going to be playing quick play and and those unranked uh, matches. Yeah, like arcade so, mode and all that. That's what that's right. For. And sure. all of those. So when you're playing, when you're bottom uh you know when you're silver in heroes yes you're probably bottom you know you're in the the lower half of the placement and maybe even lower third or more but if you compare yourself to the entirety of the population uh, of the game my guess is even a silver player is probably in the top half mm. uh because they're applying themselves and all of this. I'm, I'm guessing. But so that's a hard problem to solve. But I would appreciate the game somehow, mm. you know, holding my hand and uh, comforting me and giving me a hug at some point at the end of the match and saying, it's okay, Patrick, <laughs> you're, you'll be fine. You're, you lost that match, but really, you're not that bad. Well, these games, both, they nice. both do something nice. Um that I that I should say, or they've been improving, especially in Heroes. They've been improving this this impression on an individual basis. So I'll play a game, even if it was a particularly hard game, we lost or whatever, or I didn't even feel like my numbers were up to snuff. Uh, it will still say, "Hey, just so you know, you killed more dudes that game than your other your old average. You averaged five kills, and your average was two point three on this map uh, in the last thirty days. Well done." Or it'll say, um, "Congratulations, you healed more." Uh, damage as a healer in this in this fight than everyone else who has played your character in the last 30 days by such and such percentage like those are cool those are really nice little badges yeah. and they at the end of a hard loss you're like oh that's great so they're getting better at the individual and the moment to moment stuff it's the overall when you go into a 10 placement match i mean i've done this where i won eight of my 10 and it still put me in low silver like that's a mm. bummer man like, cause, cause you, cause you're still like, well, no, wait a minute. What is it counting then? Is it counting? It's not just wins, obviously. So it's more than that. Well, what is it? Well, is it how many skill shots I did or didn't make? Is it, is it, uh, I could have capped the camp then, but didn't like there, you know, I don't know what factors are involved. And because I don't know, it's kind of like saying, Hey kids, come on in and take the ACT test. This will determine what college you get into. Uh, best of luck. Well, what's on it? I don't know. Could be anything. We have no idea. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know what to, to aim for. 
necessarily, if it's not just wins, well, then what is it and how can I improve it? And some would say it's just a matter of playing and playing and playing and playing. And and, and the kind of hours that my co-host on core plays, like Bo, Bo plays a lot. And he is really so where is good. He placed? He's placed like platinum something. Okay. He's he's on And he's, John is silver. John is silver like me. John's usually a little bit higher than me. Um you know, they're both I I I mean, it's funny because as much as but I'm saying know, it's that's... hard to gauge, I can kind of gauge that those two I certainly can gauge that those two are better than I am. Mm. So, so you yeah. know, that's the thing. I think if you think that John, unless he is also you know, his estimate is that he should be in platinum. I don't know. But mm. if you, you know that they're better, that's that was one of the hard realizations when I got into gold and I was coasting on my way, you know, to I thought I might get to platinum. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden things stopped and I, I lost like 200 uh, SR points and it was horrible and I felt like the world was crumbling. And But the reality, if I'm being honest, between the people who were I was fighting with and against in silver and the people people I'm fighting with and against in gold, there is a world of difference. In gold, they are honestly at least as good as I am, if not better sometimes. Mm. And that is really hard to admit. You know, yeah. if I'm losing more, it's because they are just they're they're just in a, you know place where they're making me lose and that's normal mm. um but i don't know i think the the way the the games and you're you you know that you're gonna lose about half your games but the difficulty is when you lose five in a row yeah. how do you not get tilted and i think it, it might be cliche but enjoying the voyage not the destination mm. is the secret there but it's really hard to do. See, and I would argue like, this is hard even in World of Warcraft. Like, there, what you're describing is something I've always struggled with, and not just in Blizzard games, but this idea that that the competitive is supposed to motivate you to improve your skills, to get better, climb a ladder, and win. And and these things do that, and whatever. And like you said, you get tilted but or you whatever. Know, but everyone so, always says, sorry, well, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I, I think that might also be a wrong perception for us. The goal is not to always climb the ladder and win. The goal, I think, of those modes is to be in a system where you have good matches, where everyone's serious about the matches. Mm. And maybe we are, we should readjust our expectations there. Yes, you'll improve if you get better, but when you're placed, you're placed. Mm. And in order to improve, it, to improve, it takes like very serious de de dedication. Um, Sorry, I, I interrupted you. No, 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 you're fine. I, I, it's it, you're getting in, and you're helping get to to, to my point. Like I get this way in in World of Warcraft where I feel very, um, how do I put this? There's a lot of peer pressure in that game to level before anyone else, or at the same rate at least as your friends, to get the gear the quickest, to know everything there is to know about what heroic needs to give you what upgrade, uh, what raid schedule needs to happen in order for you to, you know, not necessarily be world first. I'm not talking about that kind of competition, but you know. To, to be able to go into a fight with somebody and not have a, an equivalent character next to you out DPS you by, you know, 9 million points or something. So there's that pressure. In Heroes, it's this, uh, you know, I feel that that kind of pressure in the in the ranking or in the, you know, wanting to be better. And in, certainly I feel that way in Overwatch. What I, what I wish I was feeling 
and this is maybe it's just on me and it's an attitude thing and it's the journey not the destination idea you're talking about i need to get back to what what i love in the first place and then focus on those things so in world of warcraft my love has never been who can get the most gear the quickest and how fast can i grind this out that's not my interest and it never has been my interest is the world the exploration the character beats the story the questing like that's what i love and Endgame has never been as interesting to me. Um, a kind of rinse and repeat thing is never what I was really looking for. Now, I'll do it, and it makes sense in certain situ- situations, and I like being with my friends and all of that, but I always and fall it's off. it's fun for a while. Yeah, it is, and I always fall off rating after not too long, as my read team can attest, because I just get tired of that treadmill. It's like, well, I don't. that's not why I came to this game. Um, and the same thing is true for these others. And I have to remember why I play heroes. I mostly play heroes because of the incredible team fights, the amazing moments that happen in the game and the uproarious laughter and good time I have with people, you know, over Skype or whatever I'm talking to them while we're playing it. Like, that's what I come to that game for. I come to, to, uh, Overwatch because I think it is one of the best crafted shooter experiences I've ever played and it takes me back to my quake and my unreal days in a way that no other game has and the minute to minute fight is what matters to me in that game and I gotta stop worrying about the a a bunch of you know points that mean nothing like they don't I mean they do they mean something but but I I, I'm trying to get back to that and it's hard man it's hard because they want yes they they want me to do the other thing yeah I completely agree 100% with you. Now, how do we do that? Yeah, that's the question. Because here's, <laughs> here's the other aspect of it. Those are all things that are there for me to have, and I can just go have what I just talked about in copious amounts. The fun, the fights, the good times, they're all there. Uh, but they have aspects to this game that make it so that I feel like what I'm doing is the easy to get into and not the hard to master. And what I love about Blizzard is the easy to get into, hard to master. I loved StarCraft, but I mostly loved it for the building and turtling up and playing terribly, but having fun. And StarCraft, if you want to play in any sort of ladder situation, is never that. It's, you know, send a thousand Zerg over the hill because you have a build order that's impeccable or whatever. Like, it's it's just a different, it's almost like a whole different game. And as it turns out, I don't necessarily love that whole different game. But I feel compelled to do it because it's there and they've made it and I want value out of what I got. So I'm trying to do the things that are there. And by doing that, sometimes I get myself into a salty little corner (laughs) where I'm irritated, you know, and I I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird. It's very hard for me to explain this, how it feels. And I know that I think everyone will will understand it because most of the people who have tried uh, competitive modes for an extended period of time are have been in that situation. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, there is, we shouldn't deny this, there is value in getting into this mode where you're gonna, you know, you've played the game for a while and it's natural. You want to know whether or not you're good and how good you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it it's hard to just play in a vacuum and that's why people in WoW, the DPS players, love those meters. That's why you're going to install the mod that tells you, you know, my penis is longer than the other guys in front of me. You know, it's like, it's that's what it is. And even if you're, you know, if you're a woman, it's, 
the same. It's an it's an image, okay? Right. I'm not saying your literal penis, but <laughs> it's it's you want to feel like you're doing better, or at least that you're doing good. And it's kind of hard to get that feedback in without the the hard numbers or when you're playing quick play you don't know you might win a few lose a few you feel like you're doing well maybe you feel like you don't you're not doing well but in the competitive mode you have that feedback it's mm -hmm. telling you how good you are the problem i don't think is playing or not playing the competitive mode or not caring it's about accepting that it's not the end of the world if you're not at the or, I mean, I don't know. It's not the end of the world if you're not at the place you feel like you should be. Mm -hmm. Or it's also not the end of the world if uh, you're, you're, yeah, I, it's it's hard to accept that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we do it. Yeah. Um, it's tricky. It's tricky. Because I, I don't want to stop playing competitive altogether. I'm going to take a break for now, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, but... I, I still want to be able to see, oh, well, all right, I did pretty well today or I did well this month, this season, or I just don't want it to be uh, dramatic and horrible and drama if I don't do well. And I don't know how to achieve that. Yeah, it's tricky. And I know we're going to get some emails about this. And partly why I did the show was to get, you know, I want to hear what people say because there's yeah for sure. we, our listeners range from, you know, people who get into a wow expansion get to the new level and then they quit paying and they don't play till the next expansion like that's how they play the game i have friends who specifically do that there are people like me who love that part of the game and then peter out a little bit sort of mid game or end game and then wait for new content and then sort of get excited again and never end my subscription and then there are people who are in every day for 10 hours a day in warcraft alone and then there's the whole other kind of player, uh, again, like you and I, who are spending a lot of time, uh, especially when WoW is not taking up our full time, we're spending other time in Blizzard games. And and I'm really curious about how people perceive this. And I've got to think this isn't like Blizzard's not oblivious to this. Like this has to be part of their conversation as they make design and, and work on games. They have to be sort of, you know, I had a lot of whiteboards talking about, well, what's keeping the player here? Why are they? Why do they want to be here? What should they feel when they're done with the match how do we have a competitive game where losing is part of it not feel like a complete loss and it's things like oh well there's play of the game in overwatch and turns out even though your team lost your your symmetra was incredible and so here's the play and the other team's like ah, symmetra you weren't even on the winning team and then there's those <laughs> times where you get 10 votes because everybody was impressed with your play win or lose and the other team even voted and you know like stuff like that so they it's not like they don't make inroads in this way. There aren't like a there aren't sub. It's not like there's not sub ways of making you feel good. But got to remember, vi helps. video games yeah. are about fun and about that endorphin rush and about you know accomplishment. That's why they're balanced the way they're balanced. That's why that's so important that they nail it and get the feeling right and polish it to a fine sheen. And what separates great video games from mediocre and bad video games. And Blizzard does that better than anybody else. So they're, you know, they're no strangers to this. But it feels like a new level of we got to figure this out to make it so the players aren't, you know, I don't mm -hmm. know. Maybe we're being entitled. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we need to take our hits, take our losses, take it on the chin like Bo always says, <laughs> and just accept the fact that seven losses out of ten is the way it went. And, to, you know, buck it's, up. Yeah. Do better. I, don't know. I mean, 
I think those end of match things uh, that Overwatch introduced were genius, and they help a lot when it's you know match to match. I think the competitive aspect of it is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, the competitive part is the the ranking and that obsession with the number. And you know, I think it might be possibly like it is in WoW in that. Again, every WoW player has gone through that moment where we were talking about earlier. You log in, but you're not sure why. And you log in, and it's not as fun as it was in the you know the early days of the relationship. And <laughs> at some point, you realize, I don't have to do it. Um, and so it takes a while to sort of understand how you approach the game and the relationship to the game. And maybe for competitive, it's a similar uh, situation. I wonder if some listeners that might have been uh, heavy into competitive games might send us feedback on that on that point. But maybe you have to go through that crisis in competitive to finally be able to, you know, go to your limit and and realize what am I doing? This isn't fun anymore. Mm-hmm. So you realize that you shouldn't care as much and maybe you know still play competitive and try to improve and try to do better and all of this, but take it for what it is. And I'm wondering if for players like you and me who are relatively new to this like engaged competitive mode of our respective games, um, we're just getting to that moment in our, our relationship with the game. Mm-hmm. That must be. I think that's really true. I think that's I mean, true. I hope. I hope so, too. I mean, I, look, everyone out there who's just playing AI matches and heroes, I get you, man. I understand why you don't want to enter this world of fresh, flesh and blood a-holes on the other line uh, being jerks while they play you and saying salty things and BMing you and everything else. I get it. I totally get it. But I, I, I feel like we're in a new era, man. We're in a new place where king of the hill has to you know we got to show our strength we got to we got to show up on top holding the flag going this is me and i win and i'm good i'm better than you and now i'm moving on see you suckers i'm on my way to gold or whatever we're that's where we're at so if we're gonna be there i don't think so you don't think so because that's where i feel like it feels like that's where we're at with with online gaming now we're at a place where uh, you're going to get poo-pooed on by some 14-year-old who's better at Overwatch than you. And you're going to stew about it until you hit gold and then you'll be okay for a bit. And then you're going to stew about it until you hit platinum. And you'll never be happy unless you're platinum one. And even if you were, well, that means you're like a pro player and you shouldn't be here anyway and should be on the, you know, should be in the HGC or the freaking, uh, you know, Overwatch League teams or something. Like, like the end game is a strange thing in this. Like we want to compete and all that, yeah. but what are we? What are we? What's the end goal? Where are we getting? Sh- where's the end of the tube? You know, like- I think that's a really important aspect of it too, which we do need to talk about. That doesn't end. There is like, if there's something I've learned over the past few months as I've been exploring this wonderful world of competitive Overwatch and games in general, we're never satisfied Mm -hmm. it's just like money scott you (laughs) never have enough it's true you never have enough you always think you know whatever your situation is like in life right now Mm -hmm. whatever it is you you're you i guarantee you 90 percent of all of us look at the people who have just a little bit more (laughs) and think if i could have that much 
I would be happy. And look at those guys that have a lot more. They have more money than, you know, they would ever need. Why, what are they complaining about? Yeah. And I think it's kind of the same thing for competitive any game. You, you look at the rank right above and you're like, if I could just, you know, I'm really a, that level player. If I could get there, I'd be happy. But guess what? Everyone who's there or 90% of the people who are there are thinking exactly as you do if I could only get to the next rank. So that is definitely a, a component of the competitive games mindset. And I completely understand that some people just, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's needed or it's like, it's part of the gaming uh, structure of the gaming uh, panorama. Mm -hmm. But you were sort of saying, you know, the people who play against AI and blah, blah, blah. In Heroes especially, I don't know if you remember, but when I started playing, was it last year or the year before? Um, I played a lot of AI and it was so much fun. You know, it was versus AI with a bunch of people and it was relatively easy, but it was just fun. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I'm not saying everyone should do it, but if that's the way you enjoy the game, I think it's fine. And uh, sometimes I go and play against AI because it's just something I want to, you know, I just want to win and be guaranteed <laughs> a win sometimes. Right. And you know, the worst part is yeah. in, in Overwatch especially, my win rate is above 50%. Yeah. Both in quick play, it's like 53 or 54. And in competitive, I'm at 52 now. And I started a disastrous like 40% win rate. Yeah. And now it's at 52. I've been doing really well. And yet I'm not happy. What is wrong with yeah, these that, guys? You know what What's you've done? You've me? exceeded their goal. Blizzard's goal is everybody's at 50% win rate. That's what their goal is. Because anything different than that means there's something balanced wrong. And and that's also yeah. per character. Like they, the character balances that way. They want to do that with heroes. If a character is showing that's only 40% win rate, there's something wrong. They need to buff him. If they're showing a 68% win rate for that character, they need to, to, to nerf it. So so it's not, they're no stranger to this. So even when we hit that threshold of this is right about where I should be, winning half my games or so, it still doesn't seem like it's enough for some of us. And it's, that's the idea, it, I listen, guess. My, my main character in competitive in Overwatch is Soldier76. My win rate in competitive with him this season is 59%. Oh. It's, it's insane. It's a really high win rate. It, it really is, yeah. So two questions. First of all, why am I still not happy? And second of all, why am I not in platinum? Obviously, I'm a platinum player. Sixty yeah. percent well, win rate. What is wrong with you, Blizzard? It's Elo good. hell. It's the, the the Elo problem. It's not ranking me well. No. It's Blizzard's fault. Yeah, Where's Jeff Kaplan? We're, we're all soldiers. Gotta go now. wrestle him. Yeah, wrestle Jeff Kaplan and pin him down. Put your elbow on his face and say, "We're all soldiers now." Do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's probably good. We, we, I, I really wanted to do this, and I'm glad that the opportunity afforded itself. Just uh, an aspect of the Blizzard pantheon of gaming that, that we don't get to talk about very often. And um, also news and is I a little dry, generally speaking, so it's nice to be able to, to explore yeah. some of these hypotheticals and some of these, I don't know, more uh, heady, you know, thought ideas around game development and what it means to keep your player base happy, but at the same time promote good healthy uh competition and i'm going to make a quick recommendation for heroes players specifically if you're looking for a voice out there who is platinum one every season but 
but plays and and portrays himself and also behaves generally as one of the most humble guys you'll ever meet. I would follow Kyle Ferguson. You can find him at Kyle Ferguson on Twitter, and then you can follow all his stuff from there. Um, but he's Kyle, above platinum, isn't he? He's, he's like whatever. Isn't the, he like he was rank one? Yeah, and, he's and been master and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 always top dude, always. And he's extremely good and, and can eyeball a, a, a team comp and know exactly how things are going to go. Like, he's extremely uh, well-versed in the game. But this is a guy who will say, hey, we need to try the strategy, and we'll all get wiped. And he will say, I mean, that's rare because he's so good, but it'll he'll say, oh, it's all right, no problem. That was fun. Let's try this other way. Like, he never gets tilted, never goes a different direction. He is always positive, always even with a loss, like, all right, well, no big deal. This is great. Let's let's play another one. That was totally fun. Um, this next time, let's aim to get so-and-so. I think that maybe you'll help us, but we'll try it and see. And this is in competitive team league games I play with him on Saturdays, like games where you have to be playing hard and trying hard and doing your best. He has still got this attitude that is really rare in gaming in general, let alone competitive online MOBAs and games like that. So just a recommendation, follow Kyle. Uh, there's some very Zen-like quality to it. I feel like I'm playing with the Dalai Lama or something, and uh, <laughs> it's great. He's great. And I we- will. I will second that. I've been listening to ITN uh, with Garrett and Kyle uh, for a long time, and basically, I listen to Core and ITN, even though I play Heroes only a little bit. Right. Um, and and Kyle is. I mean, all of you guys are super cool. I love. You know, I I said this on Twitter. Uh, a few days ago, John's dear Martha moments <laughs> are some of the best podcasting comedy I have ever heard. Yeah. I don't understand how he wings it like this. He he's, just it's crazy. improvises. It's it's amazing. Yeah, the irony I, is he's I terrible. Just, he's terrible at it if we plan it. He's really good at it if we just spring it on him. It's crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. It's like I can hear it in my head. Like dear Martha, it's <laughs> incredible. Uh, but, that, and, but, know, but, but besides that, and I don't want to interrupt, so I want you to keep going, but but I want to just, this is all indicative of what I think is happening in the Blizzard games. And maybe this is ultimately what we're talking about. Blizzard is fostering good community. And while there are always going to be salty wieners out there, uh, generally speaking, especially with the podcast community and some of the video community that are, that are around these games, it's a positive, good place to be where a player doesn't have to feel like an outcast or a noob or a whatever and I think that's important to note, and I'm proud to be part of it. Like, I, and and I think you know the instance has certainly tried to be that for the last ten years, but but also just generally speaking, with this advent of all these new games, you're hearing so many positive voices and so much less negativity and fighting and infighting around Blizzard games and its community. It's really heartening to me. And maybe I'm missing all the underbelly because I don't see it every day, but I, I feel pretty good about that aspect of things. Anyway, continue with what you're I mean- saying. Yeah, on I mean the podcasts have always had this weird quality on the internet that the communities around them, at least you know some of them, ours basically, <laughs> but no, in podcasting in general, <laughs> it, it are very uh, welcoming and and warm and kind. I think it's a common quality. Maybe it's because the listeners, you know, as listeners ourselves, we also hear the voices of the podcasters, and that creates a a, a proximity and intimacy that makes it harder to be in a hole. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, getting back to, you know, John and Bo are amazing on core. Scott's all right. Um, 
Kyle and, and, <laughs> and Garrett are really cool on ITN. And as you were saying, Kyle is like, and he's really, if you want good advice, he's awesome. Like no matter your level, Kyle gives awesome advice for how to improve, how to look at things so that you know, you know, half of the things I've learned for Overwatch came basically from Kyle when he was talking about heroes. Maybe that's why I'm not climbing as much as I think I should. Maybe, but, um, but he's really good at that stuff. He ought to be. He should no, coach he's, football he's or basketball or baseball or something like. Yeah, he has he's like this. a coach exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's really good. Um, but yeah, it's really nice. Well, and and yeah. but one thing I will say about Core, uh, and I did say this to Bo on Twitter as well, so it's not like talking behind his back. <laughs> The last Nexopardy yeah. has become really complex. Yeah, it really like, has. His the rules, rules <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't understand any of them, and I had forgotten the, the beginning when he was getting to the end. It was, it's getting a little bit out of hand, I would say, the Nexopardy thing. He's Still doing listen a, to it, he's doing, he's doing a, uh, he's, he's currently in patch mode right now, so I think a lot of... Uh, a lot of we're not really talking about it now, but uh, coming up at GDC, you may hear some things about the uh, new Nexon. No, I'm just kidding. But he's he's got ideas, and uh, he's always tweaking it. And I freaking I love it. Though. Love it. Yeah, it's really fun. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, Core is uh, over at FrogPants.com/Core. It's an entirely focused Heroes of the Storm show, and you may be interested in that if you would like to check it out. And of course, Kyle and uh, and Garrett can be found on ITN. That's into the Nexus. Also, a fine podcast for heroes lovers everywhere. Um, all right. I think that's good. I got one email real quick here. Um, this came to us oh. from Nick, and he says this. Hi, Instance Crew. Since I got uh, bit by the PC master race bug again, we've built a really high-end system. Yeah. <laughs> and don't worry, my tongue is firmly placed in my cheek when I say PC master race, he says in parentheses. I am, uh, in, I am appreciative of the move to in January's patch of Diablo 3 to move the engine from 32-bit to 64-bit as it seems to take better advantage of my hardware and will allow full uh, future expansion uh, of the engine going forward. I'm wondering, uh, though, about WoW's engine. Currently, or sorry, while they seem to be making progress by the fact that it is now properly using multiple CPUs, it still seems rather antiquated even for a 64-bit engine as it only uses about 40% of my GTX 1080's horsepower and rarely can uh, rarely can even hit 60 frames per second. I am not hitting any hardware bottleneck. WoW just doesn't know what to do with the extra horsepower. How big of a team does Blizzard, uh, dedica do does Blizzard dedicate to moderation of its old engines and what is realistic to expect them to be able to uh, achieve in the future, i.e., could we see a complete rewrite of the engine in the future to allow the game to continue for another 12 years? Uh, from Nick. All right, Nick, that's a great question. They've got... Um, they have 23 people dedicated to the modernization of the old engine. Exactly. Is that true? That's not true. We don't know that. No, of course it's not. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, well, as we say on Core... That's a good question. It's a great question. I, I don't know. Like, maybe it's one guy for all we know. I doubt it. But, I mean, they, they have great engineers, and that engine, while pretty innovative in 2004... And many changes and tweaks to it to make it better and better sense is still, by many measures, a bit antiquated. You know, it's not a high polygon engine. It's not doing the kinds of things that your new video card wants it to do. But if you remember in 2004, even then, and Patrick, you'll remember this, uh, the game Pat, do you remember the <laughs> patrick remembers the game launched to one of the criticisms was oh they're not going for photorealism the way everquest 2 is that sucks man i don't want a cartoon engine 
lame, whatever. My hardware will do better than this engine will do. And that was happening on launch day. And that's just Blizzard's thing. They want as many computers to run that thing as possible at the time and now. So there's still part of that in there. But I'll agree with him in that the engine is, you know, it's long in the tooth. It's maybe yeah. time for something rad to happen with it. And I don't know what that is, but something, you know? I don't know. I think it would be interesting to know how much of the power of the back then graphics card the engine was using, mm. you know, those old, I don't know, Voodoo 3D or whatever back in 2004. That yeah. might be a little bit older, just yeah. a tad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, the engine is definitely old. Uh, it's been improved, as you mentioned, with every expansion, they improve significantly the uh, capabilities of the graphical engine. I doubt any machine from 2004 could run the, the game the way it is now, um, even if you put everything down at the bottom in the uh, settings. So it, it's also a very specific situation. You're using you know, the most powerful graphics card there is, more or less, and trying to run a game that is designed to run on any machine uh, and take full advantage of your graphics card. I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't know if the engine has been modernized. I mean, it's very possible that they're being held back by the fact that the, the structure of the engine is old and there's only so much they can do to improve it. Uh, and maybe that will end up being a problem down the line. I honestly think that just as likely is the fact that they're just improving it as much as they should. And that's the kind of engine that Blizzard runs for WoW and for all of their games. You know, I don't think Overwatch would use much more than 30% of your GTX 1080s horsepower. I don't think any Blizzard game would. Mm-hmm. Um so the problem is that it can't hit 60 FPS. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. I suspect there's something wrong there because it should go way above 60 FPS um, in most situations, I would think, with that kind of equipment. Yeah. So I'm I don't closer. know about that. It's never going to look incredible, but I'm I, mean, getting closer looks, to... I think it looks incredible. I'm it's get... never going to look photorealistic. But... I have a 980 Ti and I'm getting something in the hundred and something range of fps's so something may be up with his his setup i don't know that's that's a little bit weird but do do you get everything everything like settings at max oh yeah max on all on all and everything including all the uh what do you call it the uh, post-processing stuff and all that everything's cranked to the maximum i can do it and it i have zero glitch slowdown even in the busiest cities uh never dips anything below i don't know probably 80 or 90 fps Mm. or something and i don't even know if the human eye can perceive anything past 60 but um yeah you can actually the the pro players there was a, an issue in overwatch in the tournament where they didn't want to play because they couldn't get 90 fps mm. uh on their machines oh wow really so okay yeah they uh, canceled they they left we're real so, uh wow and, yeah. uh real quick um point to make about what was the big card to have in 2004 all right you ready for this it was the, uh, if you were buying a, a, the best card money could buy in 2004 to run World of Warcraft, you would be buying a G, uh, NVIDIA G4 6800 Ultra. It had 256 megabytes of RAM on it. That seems old now, but at the time, that was the bomb. Um, let's see, what else? It did, uh, 
<laughs> its core clock was 425 megahertz. It supported a maximum resolution of 2048 by 1536. It's not bad. Hey, that's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, two monitors it supported. That was a big deal that year. Yeah, this was, and it was about how much money? Uh, it required Windows 2000 or XP. <laughs> Um, and it was a total of about $499 at the time. And you can now buy them uh, used for about 234 So why you would do that, I don't know. But anyway, there you go. That's 20, 2004 in a nutshell there, folks. Uh, Nick, thank you for your email. You can send your emails to theinstance at gmail.com. We should have a normal-ass show next week. Uh, hopefully there'll be a bunch of news and stuff to discuss. So we'll get to that next week right here on The Instance. In the meantime, Patrick, tell people where they can find more Patrick. <laughs> um i guess uh, if you want to if you want to be supportive maybe you can send uh if, if you're less than gold in overwatch mm. let me know send me a tweet at uh, not patrick on twitter and tell me hey i'm silver you're better than me you're awesome that would be appreciated um if you want more overwatch discussions you can go check out uh, overwatchers which is our uh, Overwatch show with Garrett and Chris. It's uh, available at amove.tv. And if you want, yes, I will say it. If you want reasonable political conversations, mm. I would encourage you, I would enjoin you to download and listen to The Phileas Club. Um, that's a show that I do every month or so, but we did two shows in a week, uh, one Saturday, one yesterday. One was, I would say, left-leaning to neutral and one was with a, a couple of conservative friends and we have polite conversations where we disagree and of course there are a lot of things to disagree on with the uh, current things happening in the u.s but if you if you think that it's impossible to have political conversations and debate that is adult and mature and and well thought out then I can tell you you're wrong, and I'm going to prove it to you by having you listen to the Phileas Club. Go to Frenchspin.com and check it out. I assure you it's possible, and we should have more of it. I completely so, agree. And Patrick clearly works very hard on that um, to, to, to give equal voice to those who uh, have dissenting opinions. And it's, it's actually kind of impressive. I think I would just yep. freak out every time. So the fact that he can do that is uh, short, just shy of a miracle. You are listen. You oh, are, I freak out inside my head. You are, maybe that's why I'm doing poorly on Overwatch. It's all that pent up frustration that's coming out, and I can't do things properly. You are at least platinum two in your political discussion. <laughs> it's very impressive. Thank uh, you. Anyway, Thank you. it's uh, not, but you know, yeah. I really wish I was diamond. That's the thing. <laughs> I, I just can't be satisfied with it. Well, keep working. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you guys for joining us. We uh, we like doing these little things. It's like the lore show last week. These They're unique little pokes at stuff that we don't always get to discuss uh, in at length. And we hope you guys enjoyed it. Of course, your feedback's always encouraged. The instance at gmail.com is the email address. And uh, go to theinstance.net. That's theinstance.net. You can find all the subscription stuff there. You can find the show at uh, Instance Show on Twitter. Me at Scott Johnson. Of course, not Patrick on Twitter as well. And uh, more shows like this at frogpants.com. It's going to do it for us, for me, for Patrick, and for those two other chuckleheads that aren't here this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.